What's up, everyone? Um, welcome back to the third episode of A Day in the Life with Jack Hutter. Shout out to my like two listeners. Um, love you guys. Glad that you're here listening. Without further ado, let's get right into the first segment of this episode. Um, so just wanted to give you guys a little update about how things are going. Um, I remember in the past few episodes, I've talked about my New Year's resolutions and now on March, what is it, 14th, the exercise is going pretty great, especially the running. Um, I did 27 miles this week, which I think is a personal best for me as far as I can remember. Um, I know last August, I probably came pretty close to that, um, but I think this might be the furthest I've ran in a week. I did six days. That's usually what it is um, because I like to have a rest day in there. But I'm glad to be home for spring break. I know the weather's supposed to get better, but I've just been doing that on the treadmill. Um, so I'm feeling really great running-wise. On the reading, <laughs> I will admit I haven't made much progress on the third book of the Kyla Stone series. This one is Edge of Darkness. Hopefully, like I said, since I'm on spring break, that'll change. Uh, what else is there? Kind of pissed the Flyers didn't make the NCAA tournament. Um, of course, they were the first team out. They said that if a team were to withdraw for like COVID or something, they would sub in. But with the very low amount of cases, I'm sure that won't happen. Um, so they're the number one seed in the NI tournament, which I'm sure I won't watch. But I'm super excited for March Madness. I, I made my bracket last night. Um, I actually have Arizona winning it all instead of Gonzaga, which I think throughout most of the season, I thought I was going to do Gonzaga. But I don't know. I'm just feeling it. Um, I really value the tournament winners, conference tournament winners, because I don't know, I feel like that shows you can play, and obviously Gonzaga was going to win theirs anyways, but for Arizona being in the Pac-12, which is actually decent at basketball, um, especially with like UCLA and stuff, so I have Arizona, not super confident, um, but there's one upset I got to get y'all hip to, and that is 13 seed South Dakota State over Providence, um, get it in your bracket, it's happening. It's basically already happened. I just feel it. 13 seed, South Dakota State over Providence. Um, I hate that Ohio State has to play Loyola Chicago. Obviously, everyone knows Loyola Chicago is one of those teams that can always be a Cinderella, um, especially with Sister Jean or whatever her name is. I don't see that game going the Buckeyes' way. They've been one of the most inconsistent teams in probably all of basketball, especially like I think Purdue is basically just a better version of Ohio State. They're just very inconsistent. I think Ohio State loses first round. Um, outside of March Madness, let's see. Cavs falling pretty hard without Jared Allen. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, but I do want to mention the Browns. Trading for Amari Cooper, absolutely huge, especially when you can do it for basically a fifth rounder because I know we basically just swapped six rounders. So that for Andrew Barry is a no-brainer. He instantly – I think – he makes the offense better, but because he is one of the best route runners, OBJ is obviously OBJ, and we saw in the Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. But the thing about Amari Cooper is there was people saying that OBJ wasn't where he was supposed to be or whatever, and he took a little – he did what he wanted with the routes, and there's just none of that with Amari Cooper. He's going to be where he's supposed to be, and then if he gets overthrown, that's obviously Baker's fault. I still want wide receiver with the 13th pick. 
Garrett Wilson is my first choice. Drake London is probably my second. Um, about 10 minutes ago, the Browns just released Jarvis Landry. So I think you still definitely have to go wide receiver with that first pick, especially considering Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't quite what we expected. And then because of the Cooper thing, the trade, a lot of people are talking about the Browns being a contender for Deshaun Watson. Mary Kay Cabot, I think, said it was like in any deal the Texans would need Baker Mayfield, multiple first-rounders, and players. I think this probably goes without saying, but Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, and Denzel Ward are absolutely untouchable, no question about it. There was people saying Denzel Ward was going to be a part of that, and I just there's no way Andrew Barry would do that, I don't think. Um, given this situation, it's tough to give up, I think, that much for a guy that we know is going to be suspended during the regular season. I think there's just no question that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended by the NFL for whatever their personal conduct policy violation is. I don't know how long that suspension is going to be, but that's a lot to take in, um, especially when you consider like the legal troubles aren't completely over, or especially when you consider the fact that he probably did commit those crimes. They just don't have the evidence to prosecute. If they somehow got Deshaun Watson, it's AFC Championship or bust. Anyone that says anything different is lying. And quite frankly, I mean, I'd rather have Baker and go 8-9 and nine than Deshaun Watson and go 12-5 and five and lose the first round of the playoffs because then you're basically in the same position. One scenario has like a clear conscience and a better draft pick. I just – I'm not huge on the Deshaun Watson – Obviously, plus, like, I mean, he hasn't played in a year, so there could be the no wear and tear on the body, but also, like, he hasn't played in a year, so I don't know how, if he's the exact same guy we knew. And when healthy, he was a top five quarterback, I'll give you that. And so I'm not going to say I'm not going to be excited if they were to trade for him, but I just don't know if it makes sense with how much they'd have to give up. That's kind of all I want to say about that. Otherwise, things are going pretty good right now. Um, I'm really enjoying spring break. I'm happy to be back for this third episode. That's pretty much why I'm doing this right now. Um, and then movie reviews will be up next. Okay, so we're skipping the book reviews because I don't have any books to review. Um, but the past month, I've watched a few movies. And so I started out with the – I was going to do the Oscar nominations because they came out during February. But I don't know. just kind of – I saw Shape of Water somewhere, and then that just made me watch it. So – the Shape of Water. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. I don't think it deserved Best Picture. It actually won Best Picture. I don't think it deserved that. The concept behind the movie is like super cool. It has a ton of potential. This woman falls in love with this like uh, fake sea creature that, that supposedly the government got out of the Amazon that they want to research. But the CGI of this creature, which I don't even think they have a name for it. They just like call it a creature or a monster. It's ridiculously weird. It's not bad CGI. Like if it were an animal that like looks like in any way real, the CGI would have been fine. But because the way they designed it, it it's like it's an amphibious creature. So it, it can survive out of water and inside of water. But they just make it look so, I don't know, just like something that, because it's something that doesn't exist, it just looks so unrealistic, even though the CGI is good, if that makes sense. If they had gone in like another direction and didn't make it so like humanoid, maybe that would have worked, but I don't think it did. 
it looked like something you'd find from a like 1920s movie, but with 21st century CGI. With that being said, musical score was fantastic. Having a mute main character is obviously something that you have to be very deliberate with because she just doesn't have many lines. Um, I think winning Best Picture is pretty crazy for having a mute main character. Cinematography, I think, was really good overall. The poster actually is an all-time poster. Um, I'll bring it up right now. Let's see. So it's like this blue background, and in the poster you have they're underwater, and it's basically, well, I don't want to spoil it, but you have the humanoid amphibious creature hugging the girl in all her clothes underwater. A lot of CGI in it, but definitely one of the best movie posters I've seen because a lot of the movie posters nowadays are just like superhero films and they just build on the fact that they have big stars in it so they just show their faces all around like in like a circle or something so this poster definitely awesome that's probably where the praises end um, I think you can have like a fantasy movie and still be realistic about it I think that uh what was that that romantic film it was about time i think that does that really well where you have like something fantastical in the movie but then it's still realistic the regular everyday parts about the movie that you've seen the scenes so in theory the non-fantastical elements like should reflect reality but i think some of the, the things like the characters say or respond to the fantasy are pretty horrendous there's like know, there's a scene where just like I, okay there's a scene where the main character like i don't know it's there's just ways that you can do this where like the way that the people respond to the, the sea creature is just not realistic and i think there's obviously p directors do that so that you can have a movie and that it's entertaining but like if you were to be realistic seeing this scene sea creature like learn how to talk it's just not not it. Sally Hawkins is the girl that plays the main character. I forget what the um, character's name is, but she actually earned a nomination for Best Actress, which I will say, I mean, for having no like verbal, like actual lines and just speaking American Sign Language, she really made you think that she was like mute in real life. So I will say that Octavia Spencer plays Zelda, who is like this cleaning friend that's always with her and she interprets for her. <laughs> and there's a really great reference to the help in there. Um, the stuff with the, the Cold War seems pretty, like, uh, overdone, like they overdid it, and they tried to make it, uh, it did feel authentic. But with that being said, 5 out of 10, probably would not recommend it. Definitely never going to watch it again. Okay, second film, Tragedy of Macbeth. So this was, I think, released by Apple, and given the Tragedy of Macbeth, obviously it's a Shakespearean play, it's really hard to make that a good movie considering so many other people have done it before you have to be really creative with how you do that so joel Cohn is the director i think he was able to make it really creative and put a different take on it than in the past denzel washington is the reason i watched it because he won't he was nominated for best actor for this role i actually don't think he deserved that now not because of like the way that he enacted it, but given the role he's supposed to play, like Macbeth, who's the King of Scotland, he did fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He took a Shakespearean role. I feel like 
about as far as you can take it. But I think the nature of it being like a movie about a play, the dialogue limits him. And so like with Shakespearean dialogue, the director Joel Cohn did a nice job of like making it understandable to the average viewer as much as you can based on like the pauses and the emphasis of certain words. But there's only like so much emotion that you can throw in there. Given the role, again, amazing actor performance, not a Best Actor nominee. On the other hand, cinematography, best I've seen from a movie in the past year. So it's all in black and white. And so the shots really have to utilize like the shadows and the spotlights. They do it really creatively, I think, to get the effect that they want. At one point, there's a scene with like Banquo and his son fleeing while Macbeth is fulfilling the prophecy. And the framing of the shot you see like these this sort of cornfield i guess in the background and then it's like all gray behind it i sort of saw like wizard of oz callbacks and i think that was sort of intended it made you feel like it was like a a 30s 40s 50s film um i think the theatrical techniques like it felt like you were in the first row of a theater watching this tragedy of macbeth i think the shots and the cinematography sort of carry it again Denzel does a great job of being Macbeth. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of emotion and anger that I just didn't think. I just didn't even see when I actually read the play. But when you get to watch it, you get to really feel. However, you're sort of limited in that like the dialogue just isn't what you hear from a normal movie. I gave it a 3 out of 5. So a 6 out of 10 on Letterboxd. Because there were parts that were slow and sort of dragged on. At least for me. Don't let that discourage you if you're a fan of like Shakespeare or plays. I'm sure you would love it. Otherwise, I give it a 3 out of 10. 3 out of 5. 6 out of 10. The Power of Dog I tried to watch with Benedict Cumberbatch because that was a Best Picture nominee. Couldn't even get through it. Wasn't what I expected he would be. I don't even have anything to say about that because I didn't finish it. From what I watched, I wouldn't recommend The Power of the Dog. The big movie, The Batman. If you haven't seen it yet, I would say my one recommendation would be go in with no expectations. I've heard a lot about it being fantastic, but if you go in with that expectation, I don't know how you'll feel about it. So I think you should just go in, don't expect anything good, anything terrible, and then it will be most enjoyable. With that being said, Matt Reeves, who's the director, does a perfect job. And I don't use that word lightly. He gives it this like, detective sort of zodiac type perspective on the film and batman it's sort of combined detective with like horror and thriller there's a scene with the movie in the movie where the gotham criminals they see the bat spotlight and then they start to like look in the shadows and they're scared to death that batman's going to come for them that like horror thriller aspect i think ties right in with the way that gotham is always presented where it's like dark shadowy rainy i think that ties right in robert pattinson definitely puts a unique like emo gothic twist on bruce wayne that we really haven't seen in the past i think it totally works there's not a ton of like just bruce wayne in the film but like bruce wayne or batman is in pretty much every single shot of the movie so because it's three hours long that makes it go by way faster than you would think colin farrell is literally unrecognizable under the penguin makeup and then jeffrey wright 
who's the guy that plays Lieutenant Gordon, I think was a perfect casting. Zoe Kravitz plays Catwoman, Selena Kyle, and she absolutely blows away Anne Hathaway as Catwoman from The Dark Knight Rises. I wish Zoe got more screen time because she totally deserved it. One of the most underrated parts of the film, I think, is Catwoman. The plot um, itself is really engrossing and engaging. And then, like, the Riddler's plan is really unexpected. I definitely didn't expect what was going to happen. The final scene of the movie, it leaves you wanting more, and then you're questioning who the person that shows up is. There's a lot of theories in the movie about, like, Robin being in the film, but I don't want to get into that. You should just see it for yourself. Uh, since January 1st, 2022, this is the best film I've seen all year. I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Certainly something you should see. Would recommend. I will be watching it again. I might even watch it again this week. I don't know. And then that's all the like the movies, movies that I want to talk about. There's a few shows that I've sort of started or am interested in starting. Um, I watched a few episodes of Emily in Paris. And so I took French in, a f I took it for one semester last year. I love French and I want to learn it, but Emily in Paris is about this girl that gets a job. She wasn't expecting to go to France and her job takes her there and she doesn't know any French. So it presents a very stereotypical view of French people and French culture and the way they view Americans and stuff. It's a good comedy so far. I don't know if I will continue it, but I'll let you guys know. Then the other one was Good Girls. I started that the other day. This one I think I actually will probably stick with, at least for the first season. Um, it's about these suburban women who get involved in a life of crime. That's an, it's another comedy type thing, but it's actually something that I will continue watching. I think the plot, they, they need money, and so they rob a bank is how the first episode starts. And... Then they get involved with like these gangs and stuff, and it's it's pretty interesting. It's not I don't think anybody's done anything like that before. Actually, probably will continue that. And then the rise of like the Lakers dynasty, the movie, on, the show on HBO. It is definitely an HBO type series. Um, but I think they did a great casting with Magic Johnson, and I don't know as a sports fan, there's when when sports are in shows and in film especially football there's football and basketball probably the biggest they just don't look realistic in the on screen and it doesn't look like the way you watch it on the nfl or whatever when you're, if you're out of game the rise of lakers i think puts a different perspective on that because it's way more about like magic johnson's life and stuff like that the rise of the lakers dynasty that's about it on the movie reviews and there we go so for the last segment of this episode of The Day in Life, I think we'll do the songs of the week. So first one up, Something in the Way by Nirvana. They play it um, at the beginning and the end of Batman, the Batman movie. And I don't know, it's it's very chill, um, but it gets you, I don't know, if once, you, once you've seen the movie, it just, there's something about it. That just makes it, it'll definitely get stuck in your head. That's what we've been playing on repeat all week. Um, and then the other song is From Austin by Zach Bryan. Now I don't want to brag, but in 
the first episode of this podcast, I talked, I recommended a song by Zach Bryan because he's one of the dudes that I've just been listening to a lot lately. And Zach Bryan's kind of becoming pretty big right now. Like, he's only going to get bigger. He has an album coming out, I think, May 20th. He's kind of the next big thing in the country, the country world, the country realm. So, from Austin, he just released that single um, a couple weeks ago. Definitely, you should give it a listen to. Well, you should just definitely listen to Zach Bryan anyways, but From Austin is his newest song. Other than that, um, we'll probably keep this episode short. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with Lent just started. Keep going with your Lenten, something giving up or something doing. I'm trying to hit the gym at least five days a week, and I also gave up pop. So that was sort of a, I took mine in a health direction keep going hard we got saint patrick's day this week on thursday me my dad my brother are probably going downtown to the arcade and the parade that should be really fun and then going to a wedding this weekend in detroit really excited to see it's a family wedding really excited to see the family um and then back to dayton after that um, but without i think that there's nothing much left um yeah, just make sure you uh, you have that book on your counter. Make sure you read it. Go for a walk. The weather's supposed to... I think we're finally at the turn. Get outside. Go for a walk. Go for a run. Do that workout. Listen to that religious podcast. Read the Bible. Do what you need to do. Be kind. And with that, this is the end of the third episode of A Day in the Life with Jack Cutter.